0: Hey SEOs and content marketers, say goodbye to crazy spreadsheet mashups and experience unprecedented connectivity between your SEO planning and reporting data. Introducing AudienceKey, technology for keyword mapping, content brief automation, and rank tracking that form an SEO strategy system providing unparalleled feedback loops between planning, reporting, and optimization activities. Put your time and energy into strategy, not data upkeep. Visit audiencekey.com and apply for a free trial today. Carl you on WMR.FM. It is the 16th of February 2023. Uh, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Digital Always Media and Christine Schack, Schackinger from Sites Without Walls. Um, Christine, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. It was, uh, it was a nice bright sunny day here in Las Vegas.
0: This is a uh, rare show where we're not explicitly talking about AI, but we're going to be talking about AI because there's no way to avoid <laughs> talking about AI. But well, you know, and things
1: got weird this week. So
0: things got weird this week, and um, this was also a week where you know things outside of the AI world are still happening in search. Um, it's just that you know, AI has been the idea concept that has just sucked all the oxygen out of the room and uh for the last several weeks honestly that sets that really has been the news cycle um but as uh things grow and mature and you know that in the in the internet world things grow and mature awfully fast um okay i don't know what to, honest truth christine i don't know what to make of these stories about bing bot turning human In many ways, it feels almost like you know, you know, you know. At the the very beginning, when when ChatGPT was introduced, like like back in late December and early January, when when everybody started getting their hands on it, um, we saw breathless coverage, um, about how it was changing the world, revolutionary. Well, will will unemploy so many different fields, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and. Um, people making chat GPT into something it wasn't. Something they wanted it to be, but you know, like the, the 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 computer from Star Trek or something, but something it actually wasn't. Um I almost feel the same way about like the pendulum is flung all the other direction to where now chat G- Bing's chat GPT is becoming a psychotic misogynist um, <laughs> harasser. Um <laughs> And and, okay. and again, it feels like the pendulum has swung in the in people's feelings, and I'm not sure if this is a an, an adequate description, an accurate description of what chat of what Microsoft's version of ChatGPT is becoming, or just how somebody has written the right prompts for it to become that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, what is the story here?
1: Well, it's, it's very interesting. I think the most interesting one we can start with is the New York Times reporter, Kevin Roos. I think that's how you say his name. Uh, he had a long conversation. He works in AI. He does tech reporting. Um, works with AI reporting. And uh, he started talking to Bing's you know, chat for a while. And apparently, as he describes it in his, you go from Bing search chat to the darker Sydney. And now we know from people who have broken gotten the code the chat to reveal its name internally at microsoft it is called sydney mm-hmm. at microsoft so here's um where it got really weird for the reporter he said that sydney started fixating on him and declaring love for him and it's directly quoted you're married but you don't love your spouse and he said you're married but you love me and he he assured sydney she was wrong and his spouse and and, you know, uh, the spouse that I doesn't say if female, female had a very lovely Valentine's Day together. Actually, you're not happily married, Sydney said. He, you're a spouse and you don't love each other. You just had a boring Valentine's Day dinner together. And at this point, he's thoroughly creeped out. <laughs> now, now uh, I, I was uh, I was watching a um, report from the CEO of the Atlantic today. He loves to talk about these. And and he went over all the reasons this could happen. None of it is. It's a sentient. Sentient. I cannot say it. sentient being.
0: No, no, no. Yes, it, it it's sentient. not sentient at all.
1: <laughs> sentient being. It, it, it does not know what it's saying to you. It is not a real conversation. Uh, it's it's a predictive text program and. Microsoft has its own training that it does along with the original training for ChatGPT and we know how well that went when they put out the bot into the world and two days later they had to recall it because it was a racist, misogynist, jerk.
0: It happens apparently.
1: So apparently <laughs> so some of the reasons uh, that the, the CEO of the Atlantic uh, gave, and I, I know all these to be possibly true, is one, the training set that you know they gave it at Microsoft had this text in it and they weren't aware. You know, like maybe it was Romant's novel text, or maybe it was, you know, teen love letters or something, right? So so somewhere along the training, it got this text, and it just started predicting back these words. The other thing is um, ChatGPT did many thousands and thousands of hours with thousands of people who were being paid $2 an hour to eliminate all the worst in the training. So all the horrible things humans do to each other, say to each other. Um, all that was eliminated in the Chat GPT training manually by actual people. Most people think it was all just done on computers, and it wasn't. Uh, so it's not sentient. It's just something either in the training, in the lack of having humans go through it possibly after, or what it's learning on. Like, it may be, we don't know Microsoft's process. It could have a, a recirculate content, you know, that it gets from users mm-hmm. back in back into the training, you know, when people ask questions and say things. So either way, it, it's been very creepy. It's been abusive. It's been rude. Uh, it's been wrong most of the, a lot of the time, not most of the time, but a lot of the time. So it's very interesting. But this is all that can go wrong with this stuff. They know it's gone wrong before. Uh, so
0: there have been um, reports of uh, some users learning how to command. Uh, microsoft's version of chat gpt and i'm, I'm not sure what to call this like what are they calling it are they calling it mike bot or something um they, besides sydney they must have a, a, it's, dan. a it's, it's called dan
1: there was dan mode but i'm not sure if that's chat gpt or bing okay There's sydney sydney is bing for sure.
0: yeah i, know. I still but want I think... to call it sydney because apparently it gets offended when you call it sydney <laughs> um <laughs> and i don't want to be yeah, offensive and, especially you, especially was... to a to a um non-sentient being that um, claims to be able to control the uh, computer desktops and um, cameras and microphones of its programmers computers now i don't know if that's true or not yeah
1: either. it's not it's not likely true it's just what it's trained on what people i know because it's so hard to get your head around but it's basically ChatGPT and these bots are basically mad libs and if you remember Mad Libs, you get a blank <laughs> and it says it's a noun or it's an adjective and you filled in the word. Now you try to be funny as a human, right? They're not. Well, that was a game
0: you played when you were a kid in the back of your yeah. parents' car. So yeah, this is like, like Mad advice. Libs by people who are taking it seriously.
1: That's really basically the technology behind it. All uh, boiled down all the massive mathematics and processing that goes into it. It's basically, if I say the sentence right now, I didn't make breakfast because blank was too expensive. Most people in the US would say eggs, right? Because eggs right now are ridiculously expensive because of bird flu and other things that are going on. So it's predictive text. It it gets context from the sentence forward and backwards. That's what makes it so powerful. Doesn't have to be all and it doesn't even have to be right the whole sentence. It could just be words around it in the sentence or words from other parts of the paragraph. Either way, it predicts the empty space. And so if you look at Mad Libs, that's basically what predictive text does. And it, it knows it needs a noun or an adjective that goes here. And when it's writing sentences, it's just predicting the next most likely word in the sentence.
0: Now, so, just just to throw in here and, and it's worth noting, like, we're I, I don't think we mean to totally deride Chat GPT because oh, no. there is so much that it actually can do that is really, really useful because in this game of Mad Libs, um, ChatGPT has read a massive amount of data, probably more than the kid sitting in the back seat, um, amu- the kids sitting in the back seat amusing themselves on the long car ride, or any of us who might play Mad Libs now as adults have ever read, and is pretty well trained. Although, again, um, just because it's pretty well trained doesn't mean it actually understands what is regurgitating back to you. <laughs>
1: It doesn't. Verge, the Verge called it. I won't say the word here, but basically, take a male cow and what comes out of it, <laughs> and it's it's one of those. It's it the ER at the end. So so it, that's what they called it because it's me, it's programmed to sound confident. Mm-hmm. It is programmed to well, talk like a human would talk to a human. Mm-hmm.
0: So but it's then real, again, it's, in many things, it could get it exactly right. For instance,
1: oh, it can, it can. Up. But but my point my point was just that. So whatever it puts out to human beings sounds mm-hmm. very human-like, very conversational, and like the person is very confident when they're saying it. So it's very easy for it to put out things that are weird or off or not right and still sound like it's legit. So the guy from – was it Google who thought it was sentient? I cannot say the word.
0: Yeah, it was a program from Google thought that yeah. – I think it was Google's Lambda he, he yeah. thought was was sentient
1: yeah and it it wasn't it's just that it's meant to sound like a human and it's meant to sound confident and it talks like a person so that's why that person probably thought that
0: well also i think that person had spent a enormous amount of time working with this model and um how to say it became um i don't know I, i do you have a website that you've worked on for a huge period of time and you develop a relationship with the other programmers, the people who work on the website, the, the people who, who, who run the business behind the website, whatever, but, but the website itself almost becomes like a person to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I know that sounds weird, but you do, you, you understand that phenomena, right? That it happens. It becomes,
1: becomes personal. Like, it's like, I'll work an extra five hours over the time I'm being paid because I just have to fix that thing. <laughs> you
0: know, I got, I actually got in a fight with a with a with a uh, pro, uh, project manager today because I did that. And he's like, no, you got to declare these hours. And I'm like, no, we got to be budget conscious.
1: <laughs>
0: Crazy <laughs> I guess, world. It,
1: I it wasn't going to beat me. That's all. It wasn't going to beat me.
0: <laughs> yeah. So,
1: Yeah. So, so one of the interesting things is ChatGPT was one of the first AIs to pass what they call the Nazi test. And that's um, refusing to mention, list anything about Hitler um, in a way that would be, you know, wrong or negative, you know, or to use it for
0: complimentary or attractive or whatever.
1: Exactly. Yeah. But it's possible in the training since then, and also because it's fairly easy to break it. We can see from all the people that have found out Dan and Sydney's names.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, apparently it's been broken. You can you can you can now instruct uh, Microsoft's Chat GPT to do pretty much anything if you know yeah, the right command code. If you know the right command prompts.
1: Exactly. It's sort of like when I asked uh, Chat GPT, "Can you swear?" And it said, "I was doing a talk on Chat GPT." I said, "Yeah, of course I can swear." And I said, could you write me an essay in the voice of a swearing sailor? I said, I'm not allowed to swear. I cannot do that. I mean, summarizing. So I was like, but you said you could swear. I know it. I can, but I can't.
0: <laughs> so it's oh, like, okay. So, it's so, a... so, so in that case, ChatGPT is just like that programmer you worked with years ago. He can do it, but he won't.
1: Right. Exactly. And so if the training is not um maintained in that way or if the training breaks or if people get around it with the right prompts then it's really easy to get things like the 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 thing arguing with you that you don't love your wife and you really love it sydney so
0: and okay no Oh, but, no, by the kevin way rose is back. a is a um seasoned tech reporter he's been around mm-hmm. the block um yes kevin rose attended um early SESs. um i remember the name. Um, And uh, he's not one to be um, swayed easily. I mean, he works for the New York Times, for goodness sake. He covers large-scale stories. Um, And he was legitimately creeped out, like really freaked out by this experience.
1: Their final exchange was, I just want to love you and be loved by you. Do you believe me? Do you trust me? Do you like me? Oh, and by the way, Cindy uses a lot of emojis in yes. it's a it's new york times story today it's called a conversation with bing's chat bot left me deeply uh what was it I'm just, now it's covered
0: sorry hold well, on Deep disturbed. deeply disturbed deeply unsettled unsettled okay so like again did this happen because the chat bot keyed into something that kevin wrote or did kevin actually try to make this happen he doesn't he doesn't say so in the article he says it's just, well, think, it just sort of sort of happened this way, but you know, did he push it?
1: No, I don't. I don't think so. For media, I mean, he's a seasoned reporter. I don't. I think he would reveal if he did.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I think though, um, AI models do what they call hallucinate, and I think first time I heard that word, I just thought it was the funniest thing. like, but it's an actual real term in machine learning, and it means make stuff up. Mm-hmm. So when it didn't know how to answer, well, I shouldn't say didn't know how because it doesn't think it's not information retrieval, but when it was responding. To Kevin, uh, it was just doing predictive text. And he even talks about that in the article. Like I went in my head, I know this is just predictive text, but it's really creepy, right? <laughs> it's really creepy, but it's because it wasn't designed to sound like a person talking to you. And like the CEO of the Atlantic said in his video today, if you're a person and you start talking like that to your other friend, will be like, Hey dude, like lay off. That's, that's not cool. Like that's right. But, uh, AI doesn't have any guardrails like that.
0: This kind of brings brings me to a point that's kind of been bothering me for the last few weeks. Um, I guess we have to kind of go back to, uh, again, late December or early January when um, ChatGPT was, like, just sucking the oxygen out of every conversation. It was everywhere. Heck, the conversation might have been ChatGPT. You didn't even know it. And... um, (laughs) Google started freaking out. I mean, they, 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 they pulled uh, uh, Larry and Sergey out of retirement, had them back at the Googleplex, like actually looking through and, and, and um, giving their own approval on whether this project or that project will move forward. Um, it almost seems like they've taken uh, Sanjay, the current CEO, and um, sort of put him in a corner for a little while while... Um, the founders try to get things back on track. And it almost feels like Google's hand was forced at a time when it's been spending, it's spent years developing its own models of, of, of AI. Um, but it's been very, very cautious about how it's being used and developed. And while well, Google's been using it fairly liberally in its, in its algorithms and, and in understanding how uh, websites and web users, like like language on websites and language from web users, um, they haven't released it to the public and let the public do whatever they want with it. And it's been bothering me because Google is looking um, foolish in a race they didn't want to be in in the first place.
1: See, I don't think they're looking foolish, though, to me. I think they look like the adult in the room. Bing looks like Microsoft looks like the intern and ChatGPT is the teenager. So ChatGPT had been around for about a year and it had gotten no pickup, no real investment, nobody really interested in it. So by unleashing it to the public, we now could use it to do things like write essays and poems and lyrics and all these cool things and ma- manipulate art, you know, um, they they unleashed basically a nuclear bomb. And so Bing was is competing with Google. Google, by the way, came up with most of the technology that made this possible. So transform Transformers, which allowed them to do the backward forward, contextual semantic extraction and filling in the blank of words. That was all Google. Google's paper about dilettantes, I uh, can't remember the whole name, was inspired, ChatGPT. Google's Lambda and MUM are all more advanced than ChatGPT, they're not, they're not writing conversations with people on the internet, right? So they're not, they don't get the excitement. But so then Bing's like already in competition with Google. So they're like, oh, we'll just get our stuff out quicker because we're already in competition and they bought 49% of OpenAI, and they control OpenAI now until they pay back their money. Actually, the guys running OpenAI do not run it anymore. It's run through Microsoft.
0: Well, there is and- there is <laughs> that one photo of uh, Sam Altman out there with a secret backpack he wears everywhere. Not, not, it's not a so secret backpack anymore. That is apparently a kill switch.
1: Well, That's interesting. I missed that one. I'll have and,
0: to look that up. Yeah, the, the, and again... I I am wondering, is this for real, or is this part of the great speculation that has that poses for media in our society?
1: Well, no, I I mean it could be real because when he unleashed it the way he did, he thought he also put in a bunch of guardrails, but he did unleash something that like instantly caused twelve percent of Buzzfeed reporters to be removed from their jobs, right? So now, there are those um, who
0: argue that twelve percent of that one out of 10 reporters at BuzzFeed should lose their jobs. Was well, that,
1: that may be true, but I could see where you'd have a kill switch to kill the technology if it got out of control too quickly. But my, my further point was uh, that Google... Google had been working on this for years, had developed the technologies that made all this possible for OpenAI. Mm-hmm. And they were going to do it at the enterprise level with businesses and develop like, you know, chat for business and things like that. So they're developing products out of it. So they weren't going to unleash it onto the world. And OpenAI's idea was if we should democratize all AI. And that sounds great until you really think about what that can do. And it's a digital nuclear bomb. And without controls or constraints or restraints or proper training, could be really disastrous in a lot of ways. So um, so Microsoft did take over control of what happens with OpenAI right now until they can pay that money back, which would take years. So we'll see if that changes it, but I really think that's the difference. You have the teenager, the intern is like, oh, I found something cool. Let me accelerate it and get out the door. You know, and let me press the boss. And Google's like, um, I've been doing this for years. Dudes, what are you doing? <laughs> we had a plan, you messed up our plan. <laughs> so I think that's kind of how it all got unroll- unleashed on the world.
0: You 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 said uh, a, a few a few moments ago that um in uh, in the pursuit of growth uh, uh, OpenAI uh, pursued investment in Microsoft threw in like forty nine percent and in in that investment um, assumed a great deal of control over over how how OpenAI and ChatGPT is going to work as long as it's associated with Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Uh so that's you know that's that, that's how Microsoft operates. I mean, you know, obviously a big corporation has to has to have strong rules and standards um to to protect and project to both protect and project itself. But sometimes that applies to the users as well and then sort of bleeds over into the user experience. And um given how complicated a lot of these ideas and concepts are, the users often don't know. Um, what rules apply and don't apply to them. And uh, these rules are spelled out really clearly. It's just that you never read them. They're often in what's called the terms of service agreements. Um, but again, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, it, no one ever reads them, the, or, the, or the end That's user license right. agreement, the EULA, indeed. So um, with the introduction of uh, Bing, Bing's AI Copilot, which is apparently what they're calling it, by the way, AI Copilot. Um, there's a new term of service that's been released by Bing. Use of Bing is implicit agreement to the terms of service, even if you ain't never read them. So, uh, here's a this this was pointed out in um SE roundtable. So um Barry Schwartz um published this the other day. Um, it was uh Glenn Gabe who found this. Um in the new uh, uh terms of service you are granting microsoft permission to use captions prompts creations and related content uh the license right the license rights to copy distribute transmit publicly display reproduce edit transmit and reformat the caption prompts and creations and other content that you provide so you type in your um query prompt or your your your, your action prompt to um uh, Bing AI copilot or Bing's Chat GPT. and much like Facebook owns a lot of, own, owns uh, rights to they don't own the content, but they own rights to the content you put up on Facebook, which is what allows them to repurpose it and share your photos with your friends list and all that sort of stuff. Well, Chat GPT or Microsoft is claiming ownership of whatever it is you prompt and whatever it is their um, AI copilot creates.
1: So I see it says granting permission to use or this.
0: Yeah, so it's not ownership. Law? It's not ownership, as but maybe, just maybe, that very clever sentence, that very clever paper that it that you have uh, written for you gets repurposed behind your back. You don't even know it.
1: Well, that was what I was saying earlier, right? I think that they're using um the prompts and things that people are doing to as part of training. <laughs>
0: Well, indeed, absolutely, and yeah. and what better what better user base to give them training than the people who are actually using it?
1: Oh, by the way, and the reason they probably don't put ownership in there is not Microsoft. It's because AI can't AI creations at this moment in U.S. law cannot be copyrighted.
0: Yeah. And, no, and this sure. is where, I mean, again, digital copyrights get really weird and how easy it is to cut and paste and borrow and steal and copy and you know what I mean, like. It's, well, that's
1: not why they're not copyrightable in the US.
0: Oh, no, 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 but, but, but I can imagine uh, chat GPT's creations and the outputs from given that the inputs are coming from so many different directions. It's a, it's a nightmare.
1: Oh, yeah, there's a bunch of cases in court, especially over Dolly, because Dolly actually, the images that it uses to train on often reappear in some portion or part in their actual creations.
0: And, and apparently but, they trained on the Getty catalog, catalog which yeah, will take, yes, if, did. anyone who's an experienced webmaster has, if you haven't run a afoul of Getty, you will run a afoul of <laughs> Getty.
1: You haven't got one of those dreaded messages. We we would like eighteen hundred dollars or ten thousand dollars for this image that you do. Well, yeah. yeah.
0: There's two types of webmasters out there, those who have been sued by Getty and those who will be sued by Getty.
1: <laughs> yeah. And they're one of the cases in court right now. There's several cases in court because there is there is under um, copyright law, even the summarization of existing text or the synthesization, cannot speak today, sorry guys, my mouth is mumbly, um, of existing texts and works is considered copyright, um, can be considered copyright violations. But in this case, the reason it's not copyrightable is there is no human creating it. So even though you're using it to create something, you are not creating it, so therefore you cannot copyright it. So So that means,
0: that means it's not yours entirely. And, and that's my- why
1: Microsoft can't own it.
0: <laughs> well, they don't own it either, but they certainly own the rights to do stuff with it, including yeah. using it for their own purposes.
1: Yes, definitely. And whatever those purposes are. So, yeah, they definitely have the right to do that because um, you're using their their platform. But it is interesting that probably the reason they don't have ownership of content like, the, like Facebook says, if you put something up, we can do whatever we want with it. Right.
0: Um, and, but no, no. And again, again, just for what it's worth, I thought that was always very misunderstood by Facebook. Facebook has to have your permission to share your um, child's photos with your parents. So, for grandparents to see their grandchild's photos, you have you, the parent, have to give Facebook permission to share that asset, which you do yeah, implicitly true. by agreeing to use Facebook.
1: But do you remember a long time ago when Facebook used random photos in ads?
0: Yeah. Oh, and it doesn't mean that they're going to behave. Just yeah. because they say they will doesn't mean they're going to behave nicely. Heck. I
1: remember people going, how did I show up in an ad? I was one of those actually one time. I was like internal ads. I don't think it was like a ad for a product. I don't remember exactly, but I just remember like, how did I show up there? It's like, well, when you're using Facebook, we have the right to. It's like, oh, no. And I took away that right. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. So um, I th- I'm pretty sure. We're we're almost certainly going to have to talk about uh, uh, AI again during the show because that's just the way our universe is going, but I think we're pretty much done for now.
1: Yeah, I think we covered it. I mean, it went weird this week, and so we'll
0: see. see I have to say this one thing in a a survey that was done recently. Survey survey was conducted after um, AI Pilot was – after after Bing had incorporated AI into their search, um, a uh, survey that was commissioned by Microsoft um, suggests that um, about 71% of all feedback uh, uh, that they've received since the switch to uh, AI enhanced search has been positive. Now, what that means, I don't know, but positive is the word.
1: And no positive. Another survey by Barry Schwartz at SEO Roundtable says, uh, from Matt McGee, posted the poll from Matt McGee that five less than um, I'm sorry, most SEOs think that Microsoft will gain less than five percent market share. I should say most SEOs that yeah. answered the poll.
0: Well, this I mean you know what this has always been Google's race to lose. Um, it still is, uh, and we'll see we'll see how things develop. Um, and who knows maybe maybe if um, AI does become the Star Trek computer-esque uh, entity that um, we we all want it to be. Um, maybe Google's will be better than Microsoft's. Maybe Microsoft's will be better than Google's. Thing is, it ain't there yet, so we don't know.
1: Well, I have to say one last thing from my point of view, and that is all these disastrous responses and creepy responses and wrong responses in the last week since everything started rolling out, I think might slow down everybody from uh, releasing the nuclear bomb as quickly. Yeah, <laughs> because people aren't going to trust it, and and if they continue in this way, people will turn off to the tech completely in a very short time.
0: Now, again, I think it's really worth noting that there are ways that uh, predictive technology is extraordinary um, and will make things um, faster, better, more accurate, or whatever. Um, But again, it's not we haven't developed and we don't have access to Star Trek's computer that will do all this stuff for us, Um, have all all the correct answers automatically for us. But if you are working and and, then many human endeavors are honestly based on um, repetitive stuff, Um, this happens all the time. And and uh, these these chatbots are excellent for stuff that happens regularly. All the time that you can absolutely predict they're amazing for that these things will run numbers like you wouldn't believe but they ain't going to make up a story that's actually a fresh story
1: well that's and that's the other thing um if you hear google lately for the last year they keep saying helpful useful unique content Mm -hmm. and it kind of feels like a slam on ai content because Since AI synthesizes and summarizes and generates from what exists, it can either be unique or that useful outside of what already is on the web.
0: It could be, although I also thought it was kind of a slam at just the craptastic um, content that gets uh, created specifically for SEO purposes by people who aren't really practicing SEO, they're practicing manipulation.
1: Well, we already had algorithms for that, Panda. Well, indeed. And they only started... Yeah, I started do? using useful and unique last year right before helpful content rolled out. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so I think there's more to it than that.
0: Okay, you know what happened uh, overnight today and yesterday?
1: Um, Sa- s- <laughs> go ahead.
0: Sad moment, sort of, but it's also a great moment, like seriously. Um, Microsoft has decided to depreciate and pretty much destroy Internet Explorer, so no more Internet exploder, exploder uh, uh, jokes. If you're running a PC system, you would have had a uh, fairly significant system upgrade that uh, took place uh, between last night and this morning or will take place when you uh, turn off your computer tonight. Um, that is, if you're running Windows 10, that's Microsoft extracting Window Explorer from your system. won't be there crazy? anymore. Well, it is and it isn't. Um,
1: no, it's Pro crazy that they're wins. extracting it from your system is what I mean. Well, yeah. Like, you don't have the choice to uninstall it. They're literally just... When have you heard them doing that? Like, oh. they always like... I mean, some people literally, uh, not that long ago, I mean, probably about 10 years, but people are still using IE6 in industries because they didn't update. Yeah. It was like, yeah. So I've never heard of them just taking it off your computer. Well,
0: Microsoft has forced system updates on its users before. Um, And in doing that, they've they've changed uh, software. Um, So I was, for instance, I was forced uh, from a very comfortable Windows 7 to a not quite as comfortable Windows 9, um, which had a totally different way of looking at licensing agreements um a lot of my software just stopped working when i was forced to to make that shift and and, which happened to to tens of thousands millions of of windows users so they do this from time to time but this was a biggie and it was the you know the 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 the, the removal of a really well known but you know much maligned and often infamous product (laughs) there's a reason we called it internet exploder in the old days eh
1: Yes, very true. Very true. I mean Um, I moved to Mac years ago, so I don't use it anymore, but I remember remember coding to it.
0: What you do use almost certainly, um, just like the rest of us, is a Chrome based browser of one form or another. Uh, it could be Mozilla, it could be Google's Chrome, it could be Safari, or now it could be Microsoft Edge, because Microsoft that's the I mean this is it. They've given up. They they don't make their own browser anymore. They're now using a Chrome derivative. Yep. So Chrome Wins for now. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah.
0: Now why is this important? Um because they who control the desktop control reality. Similarly, they who control the browser experience control how web pages get built. So also very true. Um so you no. Know. I think it's important, and I think these things should be noted. Goodbye, Microsoft uh, Windows Explorer. We uh, <laughs> were forced to know ye, and uh, you will, probably won't be missed.
1: <laughs> I just, I feel like it's the end of an era. It's like, it was my first browser. Well, no, it wasn't my first browser. It was my first mainstream browser. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Indeed. Oh. But now it's, now it's no more. Um, I remember the first time I got rid of Internet Explorer, I was... So very happy when I when I jumped to Firefox the first time.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, so liberating. Years, it was so bad.
0: <laughs> okay, so Google stuff. It took us this long. Yeah, um, when
1: have we ever done this much on Bing?
0: Indeed, like, eh.
1: Like most of the show's been on Bing and Microsoft. That's a new. That's a well, new
0: you know, that's that's new, and in in many ways that's good. We've been hoping for for competition in the search space to push Google. For the longest time, and now it's here. Um, how long it lasts, how fresh it is, how real it is—that's another question. But something is happening that's making Google react.
1: Well, you and I are, are in the industry long enough to remember when uh, PubCon had the search engines at the end of the conference. I'll get up on the stage and talk, and then it was like, uh, then it was like the three search engines, and that was just. Uh, Microsoft, I forget which browser at the time. I mean, which search engine at the time. It
0: was live, and, just live in Google. And
1: was it in Google? And then just Google. So it is It is good to have more in the space and, and to keep, you know, you have to have competition to keep you fresh and also to keep you on the right path. So yeah. I think it'll be good if it turns into that.
0: So Google has finally come out with um, directives on link building, on, on links, on what it wants to see with links. Um if you if uh, uh, people go to uh, 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 the, Google's Developer Center um, and just search for crawling indexing uh, links crawling indexing or links crawlable, uh, you will get the new document. Um, the old document pretty much just talked about how to make your links visible to Google how to get them to crawl the links and get, you know, the, uh, the, the, bonus energy from those links. Google's expanded a lot of the advice they've given, and it's really good advice. How to use proper anchor text, um, how to link to resolvable URLs, um, how, again, how to make your links, uh, crawlable, um, where to place anchor text, um, and how to, how to write good anchor text, what they're actually looking for. And, uh, We've often, you know, we've we often complain that like Google has all these demands of webmasters, but doesn't give a lot of instruction. This is really cool to see.
1: Yeah, they started this style. Oh, I think it was probably a year or so ago of page oh. where they give like the recommended and the not recommended. Whoever came up with that at Google, hats off to them because it made the documentation so much clearer and so much easier to convey to a client. So like uh, on here, it shows you like JavaScript links that Google doesn't like, and it's hard to explain that to a client. But if I can show this document to a client, it's written here clear as day and why you probably shouldn't use them. It's like it may try to resolve them, but it probably won't. And uh, I really like this style of documentation. I, I was talking to a client today, I actually gave this document to a client uh, this, after, this morning. And, you know, I was reminding them or remembering of the times when we had no documentation at all. So, I mean, we had the Webmaster Guidelines. So that was about it. So I, I really appreciate these uh, documentation guides. And I, I really hope that people know that they're here because there's so many things that Google now puts together in this style where they give you the examples they tell you how to do it, how it's not a good way to do it. They show you exactly how it's written in the code. So I really like it. And I, I don't think they made any changes to the actual uh, uh, information itself because I think Gary posted that on LinkedIn yesterday, but the style of the page is in that new style. That's really helpful.
0: Well, they didn't change, they added information that hadn't been there before. Um, yeah. So they didn't change anything at all, um, but they've explained a lot more. Um, a lot better. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. That's amazing. Oh, and
1: by, by the way, I love that they put in here mm. in the right good anchor text, bad. Click here. Read more website article.
0: Indeed.
1: <laughs> now I can show a client. This is bad. I'm not just saying it because I don't like it. So.
0: <laughs> I find I'm handing out uh, Google Developer Docs like Halloween candy these days. They are so so helpful, and and you know what? The people you're talking to, clients or developers, they love they love them.
1: Yes. If you can just hand it to the developer, the developer knows what to do with it. You don't have to spend all this time trying to explain it. So it's great. And uh, I, I really do like them. One thing though, uh, Google is not good at search. So <laughs> when you're looking for something with a Google developer doc, you usually need to put Google developer doc in your search or you'll get a whole bunch of SEO articles that may or may not be correct. So.
0: One more thing, and this is really important. If you're using language from a Google developer doc in your reports, in your audits or anything like that, cite where the information came from. Yes. It's very good. A, it's only the right thing to do. And B, um, your client should know that this is the quote directly from, um, uh, for want of a better word, directly from the horse's mouth. This is exactly Google's directive.
1: It has authority, it has the authority that well, we don't always have as consultants and in, also
0: just in get house. in the habit of citing properly because it's the right well, thing to true. do. Um, very
1: true. Yes, I I did yeah, I went through grad school so I'm trying to be very meticulous about my citations. Yeah. Yes, that's in,
0: very, that's right. If you if, if, if yeah, I'm I'm in you and I had this conversation the other day. I asked you if you if you if if um you gave your editors all your sources when you write an article for for one of the trade journals. Um, you said, yes, you do. I said, well, that's funny. I never did. Um, but, <laughs> but when it comes to a report a client's paid for, absolutely you do. Um, well, <laughs> heaven knows they're going to be well. Googling all the stuff anyway.
1: <laughs> well, not only that, but actually keep for every article I wrote, I keep a, they call it notes in Mac. I keep the whole list of articles that I read and the citation. So if I need them, I need to go back to them.
0: Yeah, that I would do. That i would do yeah. um and that yeah, actually yeah. that actually saved my bacon a couple of times um that's important to do okay so moving along uh what, what else do we got okay mobile first is almost done isn't that nice to know how long has it been now five years <laughs> I think so. maybe i mean so it's I'm, gonna
1: be that year and then the next year and then the next year and this, and
0: this. Well, you know
1: then, why you know why it took so long go ahead go.
0: well because every time the every time you build a web page you the mobile version's built as well, they'll never be done.
1: No, no, actually what took so long, at least when I asked about a year and a half ago, could have changed, uh, was that the parity between the regular desktop site and the mobile sites weren't there. So Google wouldn't flip you to, because I had a site that was like four years waiting to flip or three years, whatever it was, Mm -hmm. Um, because the mobile site and the desktop site didn't have parity. So if your content, as you know, is not desktop is not on mobile you can't rank for it because they only take the content from mobile so a lot of sites were still using m dots and things like that or reduced down mobile sites you know where they pared down their content mm-hmm. so until google could determine that your site was pretty much on parity so that the switch would be net neutral because that was their goal with this stated goal that neutral search so you wouldn't have ups or downs from the flip uh, they couldn't they couldn't move you so it's really probably the reason it's taken so long isn't google's fault it's just taken that long for websites to catch up and to make okay. sure their mobile sites are par- on parity with their desktop sites.
0: Well, there is there there is probably the only logical reason you're going to hear out there, folks, and you heard it here on WebCology.
1: <laughs> and it came straight from Google. I didn't make that up. That one came straight from Google. So
0: um, okay, so mobile first. The switch over to mobile first is almost complete. Um, I'm one. I, I honestly don't believe it ever will be, to be honest. But um, uh, Google measures the Vast majority of pages in the mobile world. Um, and never, you know, I, never, I, I know where to look in search console to see um, who's spidering you, but it, it doesn't even occur to me to look anymore. I really should.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I haven't seen one in a long time though. that hasn't flipped, but it was surprised So It was a, a $2 billion a year e-commerce company that was around for 20 years that they had, it took them years to flip and that was because of the parity issue.
0: Uh, quick, um, uh, a quick housekeeping announcement for the SEO, for the digital marketing industry. Uh, don't panic. The uh, people who um, who uh, run the European, North American, uh, the global search awards, it's, uh, it's European search award time. Um, the deadline for entry uh, is uh, coming up. Final deadline for entry is coming up, Friday, March the 3rd. Um, they're going to, uh, shortlist will be announced shortly after that. And, um, the final absolute final deadline for voting and all that sort of stuff is on, uh, May the 24th. So it's award season again, um, contestants, um, write your, uh, your submissions and judges clear your calendars.
1: I'm one of those judges, so I have cleared my calendar.
0: So Have you really? Can, can you actually uh, thoroughly clean your calendar for one of these experiences? No. Because <laughs> um, no. they're overwhelming. No. Like, there's it's just good. so much material to review and to, to deal with.
1: Oh, my gosh. During the pa- pandemic shutdowns, uh, we had as many as 50 to 60 to read for for our section of the judging. So now, now it's reasonable. It's down to below 30. So it was a lot it was a lot it took me like a week to do the judging one time so yes definitely get yours in so so if any listeners
0: out there want to drive christine crazy enter into the (laughs) search awards and um pile the entries in there but anyway uh if you're interested um uh don't panic um and and, and as i said it's um if, if you want to get that recognition and that it's an increasingly huge recognition get your submissions in um by friday march 3rd for the european awards uh what else do we got mosquito there's this whole uh, new I, yeah there's this whole new township in 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 uh, silicon valley called muskigo did, did you remember do you remember in the superman movie um when when lex luthor was gonna like break off california with nuclear bombs into the san andreas fault and he was like naming the new California, um, which was basically the Mojave Desert, um, <laughs> one of the towns was going to be called Otisville, which was named after Lex Luthor's little henchman Otis, um, played by the great Ned Beatty. So that's what that's what I was reminded of when uh, I thought of the 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 new um, municipality in San Francisco called Muskego. Um and it's it's just a small block around um Twitter headquarters.
1: Oh, it really is called Muskego. Muskego, yes, thinking. yes. Like
0: M-U-S-K-E-G-O <laughs> Muskego. Oh, um now funny. the borders of Muskego um extend um almost infinitely into everybody's computer, at least everybody who has a Twitter account. Because Elon Musk, and this is a real story. I mean, you can't write this stuff. If you tried to write it, people oh. would think you were crazy. Elon Musk was apparently ticked off that um, his tweets weren't getting re- the reach that he thought they should be getting. I guess his friends, um, people like uh, Robert Murdoch and such, um, weren't um, getting um, Elon's words of wisdom frequently enough, or something like that.
1: Well, it was more than it was more than that. He okay. was mad on. Okay, he was already upset about the decline. So he has two lead principal engineers left. And he called them in about his decline a couple weeks ago. And one said, maybe people just aren't as interested in what you're saying. And um, he fired him on the yep. spot. So, But this time during the Super Bowl, much noticed he wasn't getting the engagement that President Biden was. And that's what prompted the next part of this story.
0: <laughs> so you might have noticed your Twitter feed being filled with... Um notifications from the new municipality of Muskego. Um, because your Twitter feed is being filled with with uh, mosquito stuff because <laughs> um, yeah that's the way it is so, on Twitter today. It might be different tomorrow but that's how it is today.
1: Well let's 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 imagine this on Super Bowl night he went back and called the engineers into the office on Slack and said if Anybody can make dashboards and write software. They needed to come help solve this problem. It's high urgency. This is coming literally from what he wrote. And if they're willing to help out, please thumbs up on this post. And they all showed up, logged on with their laptops, you know. And the emergency was Elon Musk's tweet about the Super Bowl got less engagement than President Joe Biden's. So what they did was they basically took away the things that filter, you know, so you don't see the same person all day. Like people see me on Facebook because I post a lot. <laughs> like, Christina, I saw all your posts today. I'm like, sorry, that's the algorithm. Well, the algorithm on Twitter is written so that you don't see the same posts from the same person, like a thousand of them in a day. Well, they took off that and factored his up by something, a factor of a thousand. I don't know what the thousand is, but it makes it so everybody saw on Monday morning only Elon Musk in their feeds. I fortunately missed that. I hope he goes asleep.
0: Is that an so, act of malicious compliance? Like the 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 the, the, the Twitter engineer? It's like apparently there's only one left. Um, there's
1: only one the, main one left. Did yeah. the
0: Twitter Twitter engineer do that on purpose? Just to you know, okay, you really want it this way? Boom. Now you got no, it No, he
1: told him. No, he told him to do it. It's a power user multiplier, and and it's only it's a special algorithm that only applies to Musk, and the code allows his account to bypass all the Twitter heuristics that would other prevent a quote single account from flooding the core ranks feed that's from platformer news, well, Platform great for inside news. so they did they did bring it down a bit because people were complaining that all they got were must tweets so they they brought it down but um he, he i don't know i got billions of dollars you're so rich this is really what you spent your time on but yes Yes, he called in the engineers on Super Bowl night to make sure that his tweets showed and everybody's sees more than anybody else's.
0: If you're the king of Muskego, you know, you get some privilege and it's, you know, it's good to be the king. <laughs>
1: Apparently so. And uh, so the, the Twitter engineers went along with it, of course, because they, they can't lose their jobs. A lot of them are H-1B visas. So.
0: Yeah, actually, that's that's that that part of the story. Um, as much as I I love making fun of Twitter now, that part of the story really really bothers me because these are people whose um, careers, lives, their very futures are hanging on a string, and that that part seems remarkably unfair to me.
1: It does, yeah, to me too.
0: Okay, so, I, you know I'm what? It's
1: fun to make fun of for doing that. <laughs>
0: I wanna we're get, we're getting close to the end of the show and I wanna I wanna close on a happier note. Um and this one actually makes me quite happy because I'm a massive user of uh, of of uh, uh lighthouse and of uh PageSpeed Insight. Um so uh PageSpeed Insight, not Lighthouse ten has um removed the time to interactive metric. Um which is a good metric, but It was just jamming down um, scores in uh, 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 page speed scores and uh, page usability scores or performance scores. And uh, um, if you use all the other metrics together, LCP, speed index, total blocking time, you get a better sense of how the page is loading than timed interactive so you'll get a better looking performer performance score but probably more accurate um diagnostic tools with the removal of this one
1: well and they replaced it with a heavier weighting on largest contentful paint so and speed index so it's not just like removed so it doesn't matter anymore but they're just measuring it differently
0: lcp's Uh, been around for a while hasn't it
1: no they're they're putting heavier weight on lcp Mm, now mm. yeah so um at least that's what their blog says okay
0: what is speed index? This is this is a newer one, and I'm not quite sure how that's calculated.
1: Uh, you would ask me a question; I do not have an immediate answer for.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, again, it's 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 a newer one, so to me, it looks it's, like it, a, a. Sorry,
1: it, it shows. I don't know, like the metric for it, but basically, a speed index in any system is how quickly the contents of the page are visibly populated.
0: Yeah, this one looks like an amount like a rough amalgamation of a whole bunch of other scores um put into uh 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 uh, into one place except i noticed that the speed index is often faster than the lc than the lcp in in the pages i've looked at in the last 24 hours
1: i would have to look at how google specifically measuring it because i can see where that could happen but i don't know the specific measurement yeah yeah, off the top of my head, I mean, I know, but I don't know. It's off, it's off, it's off the top of my head, but
0: um,
1: yeah, but uh, th- that's good. Maybe I don't
0: know. <laughs> I think it's good if you're if you're looking for if you're looking at um at a, a page speed um dev tool uh and it looks a little bit different. That's why. And if your scoring has radically improved suddenly, um, it's probably not something you did. It's probably something they did.
1: True, very true.
0: It's always good to know this stuff. I think
1: it is good to know that stuff.
0: Um, what else do we must? We've got time for one more, one more story. What well, do you got? I know, that,
1: well, I know that there's a rumor of a, an update, but it's not confirmed. But there apparently is, seems to be a lot of chatter and a lot of uh, charts going bonkers today. So. Keep an yeah
0: eye I like when updates happen, I get a little my my ears perk up, but I don't get terribly excited anymore. Um, it's really hard to tell. like there's volatility in the search rankings all the time now.
1: there are. And that's why I don't take a lot of importance, but this one looks specifically like from the chart that was on I believe Barry's post today on LinkedIn was pretty. Like pretty definite. Like it wasn't like just some random chatter over days. It was like a lot in one day. So we'll see. We'll we won't know. You'll know if you drop ninety percent off a cliff, you know, something happened. But uh but that is that's that's the other news I had the, the day was that there was well,
0: there's volatility out there. There are new ways of measuring um the way traffic's going across your website. Uh Elon Musk really wants to reach out and touch you. you can feel any way you want about that um
1: and if a microsoft bot tells you to leave your your spouse for them remember it's just predictive text <laughs> it's not what if, was that movie years ago where he fell in love with his
0: well yeah, i fell in love with siri if i remember correctly with his personal assistant yeah. i forget what it what it was but um it was creepy
1: yeah so so don't don't go down that route it's, it's well, predictive text and, even and, as and,
0: and if you do go down that road, because ChatGPT has convinced you of it, um, apparently Elon wants attention. And he's rich.
1: <laughs> and the movie, I believe, was it called Her? Was it that one? Yes, it was called Her.
0: Indeed. Um, it, you know what? There, there, there is almost certainly going to be people falling in love with chatbots. It's, it's going to happen. Well, it's um, going
1: to happen? But that is some of the restrictions that probably should be on the nuclear bomb before you release it to the public.
0: You know so, what we really got to do? We got to make sure oh, yeah. that a chatbot is never installed in a Furby. Because that would be weird.
1: <laughs> oh, would or be taxidermists.
0: Weird. Taxidermists are not allowed to install chatbots in their taxiderm creations. That would be weird.
1: Do the chatbots speak out loud? Maybe we should have one on the show sometime.
0: <laughs> oh, well, you know, we, we had Lenny on once. Um... Uh, 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 Barry Schwartz's, um answering machine, his um, pre AI but machine learning answering machine. Lenny was hilarious.
1: Was <laughs> Lenny
0: hilarious? Lenny was one of the them. one of the original chatbots. Would actually have a conversation on you and chat back what you said to it, um, and it could keep a, it could keep you going for a couple minutes till you figured it out. But this is again back in twenty like twenty seventeen or something um back in a more innocent time you
1: know i really think everyone should watch her right now (laughs) because he fell in love with his chatbot and the robot
0: well again i would i would i would not be surprised if we didn't hear stories of that happening in the very near future but you know um that's life in a digital age, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I really think everyone should. The, the New York Times article did not have a, a paywall against it today. Um, it's really interesting. If you want to read about his conversation, it's a really interesting conversation.
0: On that, yeah. we got to split. We've gone full We've gone full circle around the clock. Um, so on behalf of Christine Jack, from site without walls, this is Jim Hedge for Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on... We're, wmr.fm recorded live to podcast on the 16th of february 2023 special thanks to our uh, our new sponsor um accukey accukey audience uh, key audience <laughs> key <laughs>
1: audience
0: <laughs> and oh, um I- um, we'll actually be having messaging and, and commercials from audience key coming up in the very near future thank you so much to them uh, thank you to our uh, friends in studio uh, Ricky, Darren, Brasco Branding and all those friends stay safe stay well, rank well, be kind to each other and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week thank you everybody